This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Let's go and check in with what's going down in Stellenbosch in front of a really big bookshelf full of very impressive looking books. It's Professor Dion Foster. Morning, Dion. Morning, Brad. Morning, Brad. I, I, I often have people coming in and saying, have you read all of those books? And my, my naughty answer is I often say, yes, some of them even twice. But of course, I, ha- I haven't read all of the books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I collect books, you know, like other people, I guess, collect, I don't know, what shoes, handbags, you know. So I, I often buy the book thinking, oh, that's going to be great to, le- to read. And then when there are 30 or 40 of them on a stack, then I put them on the shelf. You know? <laughs> they see they've, they moved to a particular area. This is the might read. This is the will definitely read. That's the I'm, must yes. give those away pile. You know how it goes with books. Dion, yeah, Megan, Megan gets a bit anxious every now and then, you yeah. know, because the stack next to my on, on the bedside table next to my bed becomes a little bit dangerously tall. <laughs> and if that should fall over, it'll injure us both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, Dion, first of all, before we've got lots of questions before we even get to today's topic. Um, how did things go on Saturday? We saw you d- did well there with wearing long sleeve shirt and a tie, riding a fold up prompted bike <laughs> with three gears. You did the Cape Town cycle tour. Well done. Ah, oh, gee, Brad, we were blessed with absolutely perfect weather. I mean, it was it was a it was a really really great day for for the average cyclist like me, you mm. know. Uh, for, for the folks who were were going for their winning times, I think it was absolutely spectacular as well. And uh, yeah, the Lord was good to us. I mean, it, it it's always a wonderful privilege to be able to do that. And uh, I had such a great day. My my one colleague here from uh, Stellenbosch, uh, Dr. Peter Nachel, he's a New Testament scholar. He also rode a folding bike, but he rode it barefoot. I what? mean, that is yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> That's my, that's mind over everything else to be able to do that. Yes, he needs prayer. That's all I can say. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've got lots of questions for you, but I think I'm going to have to leave them for the to the end because we need to get into our chat this morning. Talking about Gethsemane moments as we creep ever closer to uh, to Easter time. This is such a vital conversation to have. Do tell us more, Dion. Brad, yeah. So one of the readings uh, for today is is Mark chapter 14 and uh, just a few verses from verse 32 uh, to 35. And maybe I'll just quickly share that with, with our listeners. Um, in Mark's gospel, he, he tells this account of Jesus going to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'll just read a part of it. And it says, and they went to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to the point of death. Remain here and watch. Now, Brad, just two things that struck me when I read this passage again today is um, the, the first thing is that, you know, Jesus actually, he actually relies on people. I mean, mm. isn't that a remarkable thing to think about? Here he's going into what you know we probably other than the crucifixion itself must be one of the most distressing uh difficult moments of his life he's he's approaching the cross uh he knows that he's going to be betrayed i think that's probably the greatest wound but but because he's fully human he also i guess anticipates the pain of the crucifixion and and you know the heartbreak of being denied by friends and and family and 
and and he approaches this moment and he takes with him two friends. Mm. Uh, you know, we read there, he, he, he says to Peter and James and John, so three friends, come with me because I'm greatly distressed and, and my soul is, is sorrowful, remain here and watch. And what struck me was I wondered, you know, looking at the world today, if we look at, at how people are being mistreated, uh, how the planet is being abused, I wonder if, if sometimes God doesn't look to Christians and say, will you sit with me and watch? Would you mm -hmm. be willing to open your eyes to see what's happening, to share in my pain, to, to recognize the, the pain of the world's betrayal of, of their love of me and their recognition of me? And, and would you just remain with me and watch? Now, of course, we know we can never do it to the extent that it should be done. We saw that certainly with those three disciples. They were told that, you know, mm -hmm. as, as the night drew on, they fell asleep. And, and that may be the case with us, but the intention is there. So the first thing that struck me was, was that this Lenten season, I want to, there's that beautiful song from Hillsong that says, you know, break my heart for what breaks yours. I want to lament with the Lord uh, sometimes about what's going on and just sit with the Lord and watch. But the second thing that strikes me about this Gethsemane tale is that, and I've spoken about this before, uh, Gethsemane, like with many uh, Aramaic and, and Hebrew names uh, literally means something. It's not just a name like Dion. It, it has a meaning. And Gethsemane means the oil press or oh. the place of, of, of pressure. And what's interesting is the word that Jesus uses there uh, in, in verse, uh, I think it's in verse 33, where he says, my soul is very sorrowful. Uh, the word which is used there is the word philipsis. It's a Greek word, and it literally means to be placed under immense pressure. I'm he says to his disciples, I'm being pressed, hard pressed mm -hmm. as I sit here. And what struck me about the second thing was that I, it's so wonderful for me to see how God uses even broken moments by God's grace, even, even moments of pressure and sorrow to bring forth testimony, redemption, salvation, renewal, healing, transformation. And and sometimes if we don't watch for that, we could miss the miracle that God is doing. And of course, we know that through the crucifixion of Christ, all of history was saved. All of humanity was saved. All of creation is saved. And so maybe the second thing just to, to say to, to those of us who are, are journeying towards the cross at, at Lent this year is to say, you know, let's recognize that our difficulties, our struggles, our philipsis, our pressure, mm. the oil press can take the bitterness of the olive and turn it into the beauty of olive oil. Yeah, what a beautiful message. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dion. We, we had a question for you, um, uh, which came from early on in the program, which also comes out of the book of Mark. Um, and the, the question, uh, uh, Mark chapter 8, uh, it's about the, the blind man that he heals that walks around and then says, can you, Jesus asks him, can you see anything? And he says, I can see people that look like walking around, they look like trees. So the question we had for you is, I don't know, this has become a thing now to ask you when we get caught up in the scripture around our quiz question. Uh, why is it that we know Jesus that didn't need to do what he did to heal him, but why did he need to spit on his eyes um, to, to be able to get him to see and to do it twice? Ask him, um, can you see anything? And then to rub his eyes with his hands. We, we just wondered, there's always symbolism with Jesus. There's always a reason. Can you help us out? Yeah, so firstly, I mean, the, the, the first uh, sort of answer that we would give to that is we would, we would say, you know, that uh, particular 
uh, pericope, that, that particular story in the life of Jesus, fits into a narrative structure in the Gospel of Mark. And of course, we, we see what happens uh, after that is it, it moves into directly after that uh, section in Mark chapter 8. I've just quickly pulled it up here uh, in, in my Bible. You know, people begin to ask, are you truly the Messiah? Who do people say that I am? Uh, who do the chief priests and the teachers of the law say? So what Mark is doing is he's creating sort of a parallel between seeing with your physical eyes and that sometimes you need to encounter the miracle of Christ in different ways uh, in, in, at different times in order to see fully uh, and relating that to the, the chief priests and, and the scribes and the teachers of the law, mm. who even though they had, they had read the prophecies, even though they, they knew them better than anyone else that the Messiah would come, they struggled to recognize him. And of course, we know that many of them didn't recognize him. As far as we know, the only uh, chief p- priest or scribe that, that recognized Jesus was Nicodemus that mm. we read about. Uh, in John's gospel. And, and I think there, you know, when Mark records this, obviously, which is now later, it's probably uh, at least 30 to 40 years after these events take place. Again, they're dealing with this thing. Christians had been ejected uh, from the temple. Uh, they were no longer regarded as Jews. Uh, they were treated almost as, as heretics. And, and what Mark is trying to build in them is a sense of faith to say, just mm. as Jesus had to work a number of times to open the physical eyes of a blind man. Remember that you're going to have to continue to remain faithful to open the spiritual eyes of people who either misrecognize you as as trees walking <laughs> or, or, or don't see the miracle that God's doing. Remain patient, uh, remain connected to God, yeah. and hopefully we'll see that miracle taking place. We love that. Thank you. We knew there was a story. We're sure we heard a sermon somewhere through the years about that, but neither of us in the studio could recall it, so we thought we'll just lean on you a little bit this morning. Thanks for coming to the rescue. <laughs> No, great, my friend. Well, listen, have an absolutely blessed day. Uh, don't uh, don't welt in the heat, Mm-mm. but uh, enjoy the last of the summer wine. I appreciate that. Take care, and thanks so much for your time this morning. And if you want to hear uh, Dion talk about those Gethsemane moments, you can find this as a podcast later on this morning. Thanks so much, Dion. Here's to a super day. You too. Bye then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.